Hello and welcome to the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we are going to be talking about Crazy Taxi for the Sega Dreamcast and going back to the year 2000. At the time of recording, it is February the 11th, 2021. I am Mash the Newton and joining me through a series of tubes is Andy the Android. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. a little tired today, which is yeah kind of weird. Well, it it of course couldn't be the fact that we were up too late playing Minecraft on a new realm last night. It could have nothing to do with that. It, yeah, it could. <laughs> but you know, I I think it's just we're on the you know we're past the the hump day of the week and true ready to start relaxing. The weekend's almost here. It's also really a uh, day weekend, even almost here. Yeah, almost. And um, you know the the weather, the the rain just rolled in today. So I know it just started raining like right at the end of the day. As soon as I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go on a nope, I'm not going on a walk because it's raining." <laughs> <laughs> just got real dark and gloomy, yeah. which makes me want to go to sleep anyway. So yeah, but yeah, hanging I- in there. Oh, nice. I yeah, I had some chicken noodle soup as well, so I'm feeling feeling a little tired from that too. I guess I don't know. Yeah. No, if hopefully it was nice and hot, so now you're all warmed up. Oh yeah, no, yeah. It, that was that was also part of the reason because my I swear my house isn't cold right now, but I've been feeling cold. Yeah, um, it's not even that cold here, but I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the fact that it's so dark and wet outside that I'm like shivering or something in my house. But yeah, I've got one of my cats to keep me warm. She's on my lap right now, which is unorthodox for her. So we'll see if there are any major emergencies that get recorded. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I, I never used to appreciate hot soup just because I couldn't eat it quickly, you know. But now, older in my age, I'm I'm a little more patient. And uh, yeah. it's really nice to have that piping hot soup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we're going to, uh, I'm going to go over a little agenda here just for those who may be new to the show. Um, so first we're going to talk about news and then, uh, we're going to time travel back, uh, to, and talk about our, our featured game of the podcast as, uh, Mash said just a minute ago, it's Crazy's Taxi for the Dreamcast. Crazy Taxi. <laughs> exactly. Going back to the year 2000. And um, the distant future, the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, lastly, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing. And, uh, and then I guess lastly, lastly, we'll be yes. talking about what we'd be playing for next time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so do you want to get started, kick us off with the news here? Yeah, why not? Um, since both of us are such big baseball fans, yeah. and by the fact of meeting, you know, that we're, we're not actually, but um, I do think that this is cool news. So MLB The Show 21 launches on PS5 and, and Xbox Series X in April. Um, the reason I said and like that is because uh, MLB The Show has been PlayStation exclusive for I don't know how many years. Yeah, I um, think probably for its entirety, right? Because yeah, like, I think well, that- and actually, not even not even just MLB The Show, but the MLB license for video games has been exclusive to this game and Sony for however long this game has existed. I see. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just think that it's nice to see that 
you know, something like a sports title <laughs> that I feel like that's something that should just exist on all the platforms anyway. Um, it's nice to see that it's actually coming to all the different platforms. And um, I have actually played MLB The Show. I played MLB The Show 19. Uh-huh. Um, I guess probably a few episodes ago I talked about it and it was fun. Like I, I really enjoy the way that they, uh, they made the game. Like it looks so good. And I really also liked the, um, what is it where you're not, you're not even playing like every pitch mm-hmm. of every inning. It's like, it, it throws you in and it's like, okay, now you're in the third inning with, uh, two balls, one strike and like runners on the corners and now like you're batting and that's oh. like you it just drops you into the count and they're already like players on the bases and you know and there's two outs or something so it, it kind of makes it more interesting uh for somebody like me who who definitely would not have the patience to sit through an entire game um let alone going through an entire season so you can also simulate different stuff like that so anyway um, it's funny for being not really a baseball fan. I sure know a, at least a fair amount about this game. Uh, I have played uh, baseball video games, you know, and enjoyed yeah. them. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't particularly enjoy watching baseball. Um, yeah, my last my last baseball video game before uh, MLB The Show 19, I think it was World Series Baseball 96 on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> um, I think I remember playing uh, baseball for the Game Boy nice yeah that was a so you know it's good when it's just the name of the sport yeah (laughs) exactly and who could forget this classic tennis yep anyway (laughs) um so yeah i i have no idea if it's going to come to game pass or something but i think that would be amazing that would be a huge win i think um for game pass folks but anyway that's mlb the show 21 what do we got after that? Uh, looks like World of Warcraft, Overwatch, and Diablo are getting in-game goods for Blizzard's 30-year anniversary. Blizzard's uh, Blizzard's getting up there. At least yeah. as far as video game company age goes. They've uh, definitely matured and I think are even going through some, you know... Maybe a midlife I, crisis. I, I, yeah, I didn't want to say it like that, um, and I, I don't want to say that they're getting old and they're done. But you know, like big video game companies, they probably you know big companies in general. You know, they, they you go through some bumps. You know, uh, yeah. But you know, Blizzard is huge, and their games are insanely popular. So uh, still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they still definitely do really good quality stuff overall. Um, but yeah, the the main thing that I'm excited, because it looks like they have different packs of stuff that are for purchase, um, but they have a really cool looking uh, Rain Heart skin in Overwatch, um, which is Jim Rayner from the StarCraft games, but for Reinhardt. So you get to get to be Reinhardt and Jim Rayner. So... That's kind of sweet. Yeah, it's it's kind of surprising to me. I would have thought that maybe they would have done, I don't know, a gun shooting character like Soldier or... Uh, yeah, Soldier or maybe... Yeah, actually. Well, I don't know. Maybe... Because I, I, I would think so, because even though the, the suits are big, 
I don't necessarily think of like Jim Rayner being Reinhardt big. <laughs> yeah. They, I guess they are pretty big um, or comparable. So, but yeah, Reinhardt's yeah, huge. Because <laughs> of that, because because uh, of that suit. That's why. Um, though there is another character uh, from StarCraft called Tychus, um, but he has a minigun and he's like Reinhardt size. He's, he's a big guy. So, ah, so he'd be good for a, a crossover with Team Fortress 2 to be the heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if that ever happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also I think, um, I think BlizzCon, oh yeah, BlizzCon line is happening. Um, I think that might even be next weekend or something. Um, yeah. Doing an all virtual BlizzCon, which that'll be interesting. Um, fun fact, I did, I've been to BlizzCon before, but it's, it was 2010 when I went. Wow. Um, so StarCraft II was still very new. Uh, when I went to BlizzCon and Tenacious D performed and it was amazing. <laughs> and Dave Grohl was on the drums for Tenacious D there. Anyway, oh, wow. sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked. Yeah, I, I have I have a recording of it too. I'd be happy to show you sometime. <laughs> Though I have to uh, call out here on this um, Blizzard uh, sort of 30th anniversary pack. These are like packs of stuff that's not necessarily game specific it's for all the games yes it is for fans of blizzard that likely own most or all of the the blizzard games the uh largest is a 60 dollar epic pack which comes with with everything basically oh so. but it also it does so it, it comes with everything before it and it gives you 30 days of world world of warcraft game time so okay. it does give you another month subscription on top of that's actually not bad. Yeah, that's I mean I like, don't play WoW, but like if I did, that'd be not bad. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like Game Pass, like you get another yeah. month of game time, but it's just Warcraft. Um yeah. so yeah, and 15% off uh gear from the Blizzard store. So um, yeah, I wonder. I wonder where my BlizzCon 2010 hoodie is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be worth whipping out. Um, anyway, enough on that. Uh, we do have uh, some Stadia news because Stadia uh, can't stay out of the news. Uh, uh, yeah. So this is unfortunately it's a it's a, it's a sad one um, because uh, Google Stadia shuts down internal studios. Um, it's sort of changing the business focus, which it, from a business perspective, I totally understand. You know, this is probably the most expensive part of Stadia is sure. uh, game development. But, uh, but yeah, it's just the, the devs just being shown the door, basically, which is... Yeah, it, I, it, it's, it's strange because I feel like they, there, was, there had to have been so much money and time and, and other resources put into creating a studio... Uh-huh. to then dismantle it before you're able to even complete one game. Like that had to be like, I don't know. Like, I wonder, I wonder what's more of a money pit to finish it <laughs> or to just throw it away partway through and, you know, wash your hands of it and be like, never mind. We are not doing exclusives. We are third party only. Yeah. And, you know, there are concerns here because these kind of games that sort of only exist on these platforms is that, you know, it would be possibly impossible to play these games uh, should Stadia not exist anymore. So it's from a preservation standpoint, it's... Yeah. 
kind of, you know, you can't just download a ROM and throw it on your PC, you know, presumably, uh, depending on the game or if, if it does but become see, multi-platform. But see, that's what, that's what future data leaks are for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, you know, interesting segue maybe to another... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. Why don't, why don't we cut ahead to that one then? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Cover it. You know more about it at this point than I do. So, so GoldenEye 007's canceled Xbox 360 remake. It made it out into the world. It's a thing. You can actually play it. So, um, it was, it was something that was released on uh, Xbox partner net a long time ago and apparently was only up there for like an hour or two, or at least a very short amount of time. Also, some of this I'm rattling off the top of my head from watching a recent Modern Vintage Gamer uh, episode about this on YouTube. And yeah, so it's it's the Xbox Live arcade remake version or remaster version of GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. And so... Spoilers, I did get to play a little bit of, a little bit of this game and it's really cool. Um <laughs> it's it's just it, it did or it it does something very cool that um uh, it allows you to to switch back and forth between the old graphics and the remastered graphics. Um and it's great that this version of GoldenEye is out there for folks to play with two sticks it's not now now goldeneye is not just locked to the n64 controller and then having to like do stuff with emulators to to and remap things in a way to try to make it acceptable to play on a modern controller um because i love goldeneye it's just very hard to go back to the n64 controller and play an fps yeah um or anything that has just one stick it's very difficult to go back and play an fps but um so yeah, the Xbox Live version, it, it looks like it was like 80 or 90% completed. Um, and it's it's out there. Um, so if any of you savvy listeners uh, can can do a, a Google search, I'm sure you will find a way to be able to play this if uh, you are so inclined. Um, but it, it works on dev kits. It works on uh, modded Xbox 360 consoles. Or also you can... Um, you can even use the Xenia Xbox 360 emulator to play it on a PC. I was just uh, listening to the music today while I was working, and I was just rocking out and Dude, the, so good. the drums and just like tapping on my desk and actually more like slamming the desk. Anyway, it's so it's so good. I don't even know how they fit like such the like complex sort of tunes on the N64 cartridge, but it's, I mean, it's, it's excellent. So, um, yeah, you you know, we might, you know, maybe we can, we can go back in time back to, uh, 1997 or whenever this came out and, uh, play this for maybe a future episode. Don't don't you worry. (laughs) I almost like, I don't know. I wanted to try to find some way to shoehorn it in, but, uh, yeah, I would love to do Goldeneye as a, a future episode. Yeah, especially and, with this, like with this available now. Yeah, because um, man, I just had the biggest, stupidest grin on my face um, when I loaded it up, and it was do like, like oh, just the the damn level. Yeah, everything like the facility. Ugh. 
I know it's all the beginning of the game stuff. I'm like maybe a third of the way through the game right now, but um, oh, and also um, split screen multiplayer works, by the way. Wow. Um, so now all I need is three friends that get, like don't have COVID to hang yeah. and <laughs> exactly <play laughs> and to play Goldeneye. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> Sorry, my, my my dog is deciding that he wants to play in the room uh, with his toys. Sweet, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, now you know we're you know we're just like you. We have yeah. distractions and <laughs> just normal people. We are pet lovers. <laughs> pet lovers. Uh, I'm gonna go take care of that. But why don't you take this next story? All right, sounds good. Um, so the next item on the list here, Xbox Game Pass adds Wolfenstein, Youngblood, Final Fantasy 12, and more this month. Uh, so we have some new games coming into Game Pass, and I think it would be great to kind of pick up and play Wolfenstein, Youngblood. I think, I think you have to do it co-op, possibly. Um, there's also a game called Ghost of a Tale that's going to be coming. It is a medieval RPG. Uh, with a cast of mice and other animals, and that's going to be on the PC Game Pass starting February 4th, which, hey, that already happened, because today is the 11th, so that's already out. Uh, So good news for anyone already listening. (laughs) Magic. Yeah. Um, And let's see. uh, Also, February 4th to Android and Xbox and PC is The Falconeer, an open-air combat game where you ride a giant falcon. Okay. That, I've heard good things, but but not good enough to like pay for. So this would be, you know, great yeah. game pass game I've heard of. So um, let's see. Oh yeah, and sorry. The uh, so Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh, that's going to be available today um, via Android. So it's saying it has already been available via Game Pass on Xbox and PC. I was going to say I thought so. I thought I remember mm-hmm. seeing that there. Um, and Jurassic World Evolution is going to be coming as well. So lots of fun new stuff coming to Game Pass. Interesting. I've I've definitely played a Jurassic Park themed um like park simulator game before. I think I played it on the Game Boy Advance. I think there was one I I can't remember what it was called, but it's interesting. It's kind of like a whoa. <laughs> Is it so it's it's kind of like um roller coaster tycoon ish. Yeah. But it's, but it's Jurassic Park. Or, um, you know, I didn't play Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I was a, a, a Sim Park fan. Yeah, okay, uh, Sim Park. There we go. Yeah, that was it. So, that was... is when you play the Jurassic Park one, when, how long before everything goes sideways and the dinosaurs <laughs> kill everybody? I, you know, I don't know. It was... Uh, didn't like, is there some... a specific day that that happens that you're, like, building everything up to, but you also simultaneously should be putting in, like, the uh, security? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I, something? Yeah. I... <laughs> It didn't seem like that was a built-in mechanic. Um, I felt like maybe it should have been, but uh, yeah, I probably what I was playing was um, Jurassic Park Three, uh, uh, which is on the Game Boy Advance. Park Builder, Jurassic Park Three, Park Builder. Gotcha. Full title. So yeah, Welcome to Jurassic Park, the Park Builder. <laughs> Looking at the screenshots now, it doesn't look very detailed, but. Anyway, I just kind of love those sort of economy-driven strategy games. Um, yeah. All right you got to fire up Sim Park one of these days. <laughs> um, next up, 
this is pretty exciting for me um, because uh, I have not played this particular trilogy, but Mass Effect Remastered Trilogy is coming out in May. Um, so I, I did start the original uh, Mass Effect, but I didn't get very far, uh, really, maybe like an hour or so in. Oh, really? Yeah. So it would be kind of cool to play something that's just, you know, sort of touched up, maybe a little uh, more visually pleasing or maybe a little more streamlined one way or another. But um, yeah, I, I played the first game and I loved the first game. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I was late to it because I think two either had just come out or was going to be coming out very soon when I started playing it. And I went like, I, like I, beat the first game and again like i really really enjoyed the game um i i very shortly after finishing the first game fired up the second game it just it didn't it didn't grab me the same way for some reason oh um the combat was different and i had grown to really enjoy like some of the some of the combat system in the first game which like i slowed everything down which I think from the second game and on, it's all been kind of like real-time combat where I think I was able to do more of the... Um, I think it's similar to like the Fallout Vats style, like slow down and targeting different, like specific points of an enemy or I can't, I can't even remember. It's been so long. I just know that two's combat was so different that I was like, you know what? Nope, I'm not doing this. And I probably sound like a crazy person because I think I think everyone who's a Mass Effect fan probably likes two uh, way more than the first game. But I don't know. Uh, did you play uh, FemShep or the other Shepard? No, I just did the standard vanilla Commander Shepard dude. I I gotcha. Yeah, I I I didn't customize it. I was just like that. Okay, that's what you designed. That's who I am. That's fine. Yeah, I've um I've heard that the FemShep voice actor is very good. So oh, okay. I, that's what I anyway, might be worth nice. uh, another look here. It's you know yeah. maybe not looking forward to um you know paying full price for a game like this, but I, I guess it'll be a good value if you play through it, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe this will be uh the time that I reevaluate my thoughts on the Mass Effect series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll save it for another day in case we ever cover Mass Effect. I just thought of something that I know that I will I will also think of again, um, but I won't take us off on that tangent. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do we got next? Um, Apex Legends coming to Nintendo Switch in March. Wow. Yeah. The, I'm 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 really liking that I'm seeing a lot of folks bring in stuff to the Switch. Um, like, well, not like people aren't doing that, but I guess I'm meaning like some of the the cross-platform multiplayer type games uh, to be more specific. Um, I don't necessarily play a lot of my cross-platform multiplayer games on my Switch, but I do sometimes, and I think it's really nice to be able to. Um, pick up and carry progress across whatever platform I'm playing on. Uh, yeah, it's kind of how it should be, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, I, I I picture a world like, or sometimes I think like, what if what if you bought a game once and you could play that on whatever platform you want, similar to like Game Pass, you know, like 
yeah. Well, then, then now that you've said that, all the people that are PC only will be screaming at us, going like, "That's what you get with a PC." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's true, but you know, just I mean, the, it is and it isn't. I mean, well, I guess I guess it mostly is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they if they made like um, you know consoles that were PC that were you know good uh, that, that seemed like we were going that direction for Steam a little machines bit. man that yeah. was gonna be the future <laughs> yeah and it's it still might happen but um, it's I I don't know I will we'll see um, yeah it's all gonna be it's all gonna be streaming from the cloud one day and then it won't matter and then is. we won't actually own anything <laughs> it's it's possible um, but anyway I, I go copy from my cold dead hands <laughs> I, I do want to see how this game runs on there too, just because it it is a source game. Um, so I'm I'm just curious what uh, you know how source runs on a switch. So wait, I forgot that Apex Legends is source. If I'm remembering that correctly, I believe so. Um, because my uh, mind is like blown right now for some reason. <laughs> yeah, because Titanfall uh, was built on source. Titanfall. And Titanfall 2. So um, I believe they just carried it forward. What the crap? How did I not know that? What? I love Source Engine. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's, I guess it does say here it's a modified version. Well, of Source, yeah, that's so. fine. Because like the original Half-Life is a heavily modified version of the Quake 1 engine. Yeah. The fact that the foundation of those games are Source, that's freaking amazing. Yeah, totally. Source lives on. That's why it generally runs so well. Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, so looks like here, Borderlands developer Gearbox acquired by Embracer Group in $1.3 billion deal. Um, I don't know what an Embracer Group is, but... Oh, that's the name of, I think, the corporation. Uh, You're so, right. Yeah, <laughs> formerly, formerly known as THQ Nordic. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I hope this doesn't do anything bad to Gearbox because I like Gearbox and I like their games. I mean, I became a Gearbox fanboy, well, maybe not fanboy, but really enjoyed uh, generally what they do ever since they made the uh, Opposing Force mod for Half-Life. Or I guess not mod, expansion. Uh-huh. The expansion pack back when that used to be a normal thing. But yeah, yeah um, I, I think there's, you know, just with Borderlands and, and some of the things there, I think the leadership of Gearbox, um, uh, I, so I, th- I think it has something to do with Randy Pitchford. There's a lot of shady and weird business that's going on there. Yeah, so, it, it right here saying Gearbox founder and CEO Randy Pitchford called the transaction not merely a stimulant for the talent of our employee-owned company, but a propellant for the exciting future we have planned. Yeah, so that sounds I, very much like somebody who just made a lot of money. <laughs> That's true, um, <laughs> but uh, I I hope that you know maybe they'll give the the company a new direction. Um, though the yeah. I, I didn't know it was they called themselves employee owned uh, company. So, well, I think they were. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yes, they were employee owned potentially. Uh-huh. Um, but no longer. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know if there's 
too much more in this, but yeah, properties like Duke Nukem, Homeworld, Borderlands. Um, yeah. What do we got next? Um, uh, Sony is selling the PS5 at a loss. Uh, the investors were told, well, I got to say, file this under not surprising. Because <laughs> um, I feel like that's the case for a lot of brand new console hardware. Like, I think a lot of, I think a lot of consoles have started off selling at a loss just so that they can get people in it. Um, also, the more you produce, the cheaper it gets over time. And you're able to make more revisions, get more efficient, and then you're actually starting to sell stuff uh, at least to break even or have a slight profit margin. But really, as long as you get your user base in, like, in your ecosystem and paying for your software and paying for PS Plus and paying for whatever else, then, uh, then I think they can afford that loss. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, it's it's kind of the same reason, you know, that uh, you know streaming services or any services to offer free trials or whatever. It's just the thing is they got to get you to try, right? So um, yeah, and if the console was price prohibitive, um, they, you know they probably <laughs> it, it, it would have stopped them in their tracks. And and if you're yeah. interested in a case study on that, you can look at the PS3. Yeah, I was uh, going to say they probably did not want to go any higher to uh, to redo what happened for the PS3 launch. Yeah, um, though I I, I almost want to argue that in 2020 they might have and with the amount of units that they had i think they might have been able to get away with some of the you know if they jacked up the price a hundred dollars on each unit i i think um just yeah just be- but then that would have been the perfect opportunity for microsoft to undercut them yes yeah i mean totally uh but it, I don't know. It just seems like with this blinding rage of hype that the PlayStation 5 has right now. Again, that's true. I think it is it is a terrible idea to purchase a PS5 this year or, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, last year, this year, um, just until we get some more games, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Xbox is in exactly the same spot right now, like everything's so hard to get there's not i mean sony has hardly any exclusives right now but they have however many they have is that many more than microsoft has at the moment for the series x yeah i suppose that's true but yeah i don't know it's a it's a great time to be a scalper it's a it's a bad time to be looking at trying to get one of these i think but we'll see um I mean, I know a couple of folks that have them that seem to really like their their PS5. I just would like to wait until it is maybe a bit physically smaller so that I can actually fit it in my office. <laughs> yeah, though my friend uh, has some little brothers that are in their teens, and uh, they cited that they were excited about the PS getting a PS5 because it would play their PS4 games better, is what they were. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the big, that's really been the big push from Microsoft as well about the Series X. It's like, hey, you can play everything in your Xbox One catalog. You can play a crap ton of 360 games. You can play a semi-decent number of original Xbox titles, uh, and they will look and play the best on this hardware. Yeah. 
I just think, you know, but, but my argument there is like, Hey, you could get a PC and they'll play all the games better full stop. <laughs> so anyway, so that's the, let's see. What, PC what game cost? Are. Yeah. Oh yes. Literally exactly. what cost? Yeah. Cause right now is also a bad time to be a PC gamer. Uh, <laughs> cause it's as hard or harder to get a GPU at the moment yeah. uh, than a uh, Series X or PS5. And you get the fancy race tracing stuff with the two new consoles also for, for the cost or less than one of the GPUs. Uh, and that's even if you get one of the new GPUs at MSRP. And yeah. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a... It's a it's a great time and it's a terrible time to be a gamer. And uh, if you want new stuff, yeah, yeah, agreed. So hold out if you can. Uh, looks like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, uh, this, so I guess there was a fan built uh, Lego set is actually getting a official release. Yeah, have you ever seen the Lego Ideas website? Uh, yeah, I haven't. Like, so people basically create their own Lego sets. They submit them to the website. And if there are enough votes on some of the sets that people create, then Lego will actually try to pursue licensing to see if they can release that. So basically it's like Lego's way of crowdsourcing what people will pay for and if it's worth their time to pay for whatever licensing to get the rights to make a Lego set out of the thing. Uh-huh. So, and that's, I guess, only if it's using licensing, because I think there's some stuff that doesn't use licensing that people still vote for, but, but yeah. They got it some good heads good. over there at Lego. They've got, they, they have so many heads at Lego. There's so many different kinds of designs. <laughs> I mean, you can go into a, well, I guess at one point you could go into a Lego store and they'd have bins with heads. So yes, there's plenty of great heads. At, like, anyway, I'm just making dumb jokes. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to someone and someone had said like, uh, when did Legos get so cool? I'm like, uh, well, the nerds grew up and got jobs at Lego and <laughs> they, they yeah. you know. Like, hey, let's make this what I have always wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, uh, the Lego uh, Sonic the Hedgehog set looks pretty cool. Um, there's so many cool like crossover things with Legos that I wish that I physically had more space Yeah, because then I would be interested in them, except they're also generally really expensive. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I would get them as often as I think I would. I just want to get the little characters and just build like this massive collage of like Mario and Sonic and Overwatch characters and like just everything together, you know? Yep. That Minecraft. Cool. Minecraft. And yeah. Minecraft Legos. Aren't there yeah. are Lego Minecraft stuff, right? Yep. There was an official release yeah, a while back. So that'd be just it just be I don't know. Don't steal my idea. <laughs> um let's see. We also have Overwatch's Lunar or Lunar New Year event is live with a new bounty hunter mode. Ooh. Um, I have not played this update yet. It's, let's see, it's, uh, it started on the 4th of February and it's going through the 25th. Um, Bounty Hunter, let's see, is what, what is Bounty Hunter? 
Um, it is a deathmatch style game type and bounty hunter. The player who scores the first kill of the match becomes the target, while everyone else becomes the bounty or becomes a bounty hunter. Player who kills the target becomes the next target, and so on. Okay. So it uh, Blizzard said the bounty hunter will be included as part of the arcade game type rotation after the Lunar New Year 2020 event. Uh, try 2021 event concludes. Um, all right, that's cool. I don't ever, I don't know, I don't ever really play the arcade type games except for maybe um oh what's the one where everyone has a ton of extra health the the time to get ultimates is like 75 percent shorter mm. i can't remember what it's called i i, I don't chaos, recall or maybe it's not chaos. i don't know maybe it is anyway um yeah so new skins for a few characters um I've been saving up my coins. I guess I should go in and see what what free or you know what's what's in the free theme loot boxes, and if uh, there's any new skins that I want to get with my hard earned in game currency. Yeah, some of these. If you uh, scroll down on this article, there's uh, some previews of the oh, skins. Yeah. I particularly like the Bastion one. Yeah, I was gonna say that Bastion one looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a, it's basically like a, a Chinese dragon, like lunar oh, year dragon. Uh, the one with Ash and Bob looks pretty cool. Bob's like a tiger. Yeah. It's, looks pretty sweet. Yeah, I love that. I, particularly, I think the oh, I have to log into Lunar New Year because I got to buy that Diva skin um, that yeah. I have been waiting a year to get because I just uh, missed it last year. So <laughs> um, that's awesome. Also, yeah, you missed it last oh. year, probably around the time that I roped you back into playing Overwatch. Yep, that's about the time. It's <laughs> about the time. Go on, rope me back in. All right, <laughs> I'm down. Um, so, Deep Rock Galactic has a newer. Unless there's anything on Overwatch, we're good. Um, yeah, we're good. Deep Rock Galactic's uh, newest update includes new monsters and a streamer safe tunes, which I think we saw a trailer to this. And yeah, we did. It looks awesome. No, I the the streamer safe tunes is an interesting one. Uh, as somebody who occasionally streams, um, I like this. Yeah, so it's saying there are eight new streamer safe tracks in the lobby's jukebox. Okay. Um, I wonder if the only non-stream safe stuff was in the jukebox previously, and if the the music that plays while you're just mining and doing your mission, if that one was okay, or if that music's okay. Because this soundtrack is actually really good. I know that the last time you and I played, we were both like, dang, this music's like, this music's kicking. It's really great. (laughs) Yeah. I just like bob in my head while I'm shooting, you know, bugs. (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool to see what this game has become ever since I got it when it was first on uh, like game preview, I think is what Xbox referred to it as. Um. Yeah, they've done so much with it and have like, I I mean, I enjoyed it when it first came out, but I was like, man, this game has so much potential. And it seems like they're really starting to realize that potential and uh, they're doing good things. Yeah. So I wonder if you like put the game in streamer mode and it changes the music so that it only plays the streamer safe stuff or only maybe you select the streaming safe music. Um, I don't know. I'll have to check it out the next time we pop in just what the options are a hundred percent i want to check out that update anyway so yeah. um there's one more thing that wasn't on here yeah 
Um, what do we get? And this is this is funny because it's one of those crazy things. But um, someone we were playing Minecraft with last night was telling me about this, and uh, there is a um, McDonald's is celebrating the 25th anniversary of Pokemon right now. What? And yeah, they're they're Happy Meals. Um, basically, are a giant Pikachu face. Like the the Happy Meals are have Pikachu printed on them. Oh wow. Um, but uh, this article from Polygon has a great title. It says the Pokemon Happy Meal at McDonald's is getting ruined by greedy adults. And <laughs> so my my friend who was telling me about this, he's like, yeah. So when you go, when you call McDonald's, um, or I've, I've I saw a McDonald's that had like a sign that says we do not have the Pokemon Happy Meal. We are sold out. So like it's like one of those things where it's so bad, like that wow. they're extremely they're gone basically. Wow. Um, so it's it's really silly. I don't I don't want a, a Pikachu Happy Meal in my house. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll pass on that. But I'm sure they got some toys, and I'm sure the stuff is cool. Um, why why does this it, this article says some people are apparently buying the Happy Meals in mass numbers in hopes of getting all the collectibles and just throwing out the food, which is like, ooh. <laughs> So feed a, a hungry kid or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a waste. Yeah. Um, some McDonald's are placing restrictions. Uh, those scalpers are reportedly already turning around and selling the individual what cards What is wrong for with people? <laughs> Wherever people the money is. People are scalping Happy Meals? <laughs> yes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just what I thought. People couldn't get any worse. They're scalping Happy Meals. Yeah, and particularly, I guess, the collectible toys that are that oh are in them or the cards. But. Regard, like, regardless, like, yeah. they're buying stuff for children and there's food in it and they're throwing away the food and marking up the price of a freaking Happy Meal toy to other mm-hmm. adults. Yeah. Actually, I don't know who's worse. The people that pay the scalpers or the people that are doing the scalping. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know. sorry. <laughs> it's I'm all good. So irritated at people now. <laughs> well, it's bad well, enough to scalp video cards and video game consoles. Now you're doing it with Happy Meals. <laughs> yep. And uh, well, we don't we don't have to buy them, so I, I certainly won't. That's okay. Yeah. No collectible toys. I just, I'm not a big collect. It, video games are the only thing I collect. I just can't yeah. do it. Same. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, do you want to go back in time to back when Pokemon was just getting let's, started? Let's go back in time to when people weren't so awful to each other and scalp <laughs> Happy Meal toys. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, let's let's get in our time machine. We're going to be heading back to January 24th, the year 2000, the distant future, the year 2000. And uh, again, we're going to be talking about Crazy Taxi. Uh, so let's get on in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is the year 2000. Oh my God, we made it. Y2K, we survived. Everything is still here. Um, 
And wait, though, though we're in an arcade, to take a glimpse at this crazy taxi machine, I can't help but hear that radio that's everywhere, and it's blaring over the, so- the sound of this arcade. And the number one song today, the day that Crazy Taxi was released on the uh, Sega Dreamcast, is What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera. Man, that is, that is some nostalgia right there. Um, and, you know, I mentioned Y2K already, but hey, we were able to pass into the year 2000 without the serious widespread computer failures and malfunctions that all of the people in the media and whoever else were predicting. Man, I remember that was a real nail, real nail biter. <laughs> Just like, is everything going to fail all of a sudden? Is everything going to go dark? Because computers don't know how to handle the year 2000. Yeah, I, I'm curious if there was a single documented case of something happening with Y2K. Probably not, but probably some old database built in the 70s that was still up with like 15K of memory or something. Maybe. It like pooped itself and died, maybe. I don't know. Um, also here in the year 2000 in January, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the TV show Malcolm in the Middle debuted for its very first time on January 9th. The, let's see, the movie Next Friday was also released this month. Uh, Also January 10th, so two weeks ago, uh, American Online announced, (laughs) America Online, sorry. Um, I just, every time I think of those stupid CDs and you got mail. Um, So America Online announces an agreement to buy Time Warner for $162 billion. That is with a B, ladies and gentlemen, billion dollars. That's a lot of money for then, and hell, it's a lot of money for now. Yeah. $162 billion? How much more money do they have <laughs> for able to use $162 billion to buy another company? That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, also, the final daily original Peanuts comic strip was published on the third of this month. Uh, the Sport Club Corinthians Paulista uh, won the FIFA World Cup uh, in the United States. Also, for the first time, Martin Luther King Jr. Day is officially observed in all fifty states. Go January two thousand. Um, Mario Party 2 was also released on the very same day that we are here for Crazy Taxi. And uh, the game The Sims, a little, little game that probably none of you heard of, uh, is going to be released in a couple weeks from now. So, oh, and very last thing. Sorry, there was a page break. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so this month, the album Spit by Kitty and Razorblade Romance by him were released. Uh, two two very two thousand feeling uh, albums and bands, getting me getting me right back in the feeling of being a teenager in this era. <laughs> so, without further ado, why don't we talk about the history of Crazy Taxi? And do you want to do you want yeah. to get into that one? Perfect. Um, The arcade version of Crazy Taxi was released in February 1999 and featured uh, only the San Francisco-inspired map uh, known as Arcade in the first console game and later West Coast in uh, future sequels. 
the standard version arcade cabinet included a cockpit seat, steering wheel, a gear shift lever for forward and reverse, and a brake and acceleration pedal. A more compact Naomi cabinet version um, also existed without the cockpit seat. Uh, the arcade game was um, w- one of the first to use the Sega Naomi hardware processor, which is based on the Sega Dreamcast and was unveiled as part of Sega's exhibition in 1999, uh, Amusement Operators Union Exposition in Japan. That sounds, that is a very Japanese title. Man, so I would love, I, I wish I could have been at the Amusement Operators Union Exposition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not exact, exactly exciting title, but I mean, I'm sure that it would, would have been so cool to see the upcoming arcade games. Yeah, a hundred percent. The original arcade game was developed by uh, Hitmaker as a variation of uh, from then current arcade titles. A crazy taxi producer Kenji Kano uh, noted that at the time, uh, extension on gameplay was a breakaway from the current a hundred yen for three minutes that persisted at the time of arcade games uh, and rewarded players with longer playing times by performing well in the game. Um, so that's something we both kind of learned, bonus. right? <laughs> um, I didn't expect to get here so fast. <laughs> uh, it, let's see. In addition to providing a game that could be played in short sessions, uh, Kano wanted uh, a game to explore the daily life and routine of a taxi driver. He failed. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not a Oh, come on. It's what every Uber and Lyft driver would say that their day is like. Yeah, just smashing into cars, ping-ponging down the freeway. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's in the development of the Dreamcast version of the original arcade game, the developers included a larger map in addition to the arcade one as to create a feeling of being lost and allowing home console players to have fun learning the town. Uh... Many games were developed for this version and uh, let the player play longer if they improved uh, skill by offering challenges that were both fun and educational. Uh, one Over 100 different ideas for mini games were developed by the team, but they're pared down for the Crazy Taxi Box, I'm sorry, Crazy Box mini game challenges for the game. Uh, The addition of the Crazy Hop in Crazy Taxi 2 came about because the development team noted that in New York, where the basic landscape is quite flat, we had to create a 3D space by letting the player drive on the buildings. And we added the Crazy Hop to let the player hop around the roofs of buildings to make short, to make shortcuts. All right. Let's see. Guess I'll pick up reception here. So the ports of the original game uh, to the PS2 and GameCube clap or platforms are not considered as strong as the Dreamcast game. Both were noted to suffer from more pop-up than the Dreamcast version, as well as poorer controls, despite having the same gameplay features. Uh, graphic problems plagued the Crazy Taxi Catch a Ride port to the Game Boy Advance. As IGN stated, it's painfully obvious that the hardware is just never meant to push so much. Uh, Both PC ports for Crazy Taxi and Crazy Taxi 3 also suffered from graphic problems. Uh, The PSP ports of Crazy Taxi Fair Wars 
uh, have had a somewhat better reception than the other ports. Reviews have complimented the game on the multiplayer editions and the ability to add a custom soundtrack. Hmm. I don't know if it's good to have a custom soundtrack. You, you can't really make perfection better. Yeah, or um, you can, uh, because you had licensing issues, you could just recreate the original soundtrack and that's true. put it right back in. <laughs> that's that's fair, because I don't think the crazy, I don't think the PSP version had the original soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so add a custom soundtrack, which led IGN to comment that including this should be a no-brainer, but many PSP titles don't. Uh, but I've noted that some graphical glitches and uh, the long loading times and the lack of the original soundtracks of the games. So uh, they were critical of that. But hey, like you said, custom soundtracks, you can just re-inject the same soundtrack back <laughs> into the game. Uh, let's see. Reviews of the controls of the game have been mixed with some praising the scheme on the PSP while others have stated that, that the controls feel stiff and inconsistent. GameSpot's review notes, or sorry, noted that the gameplay in Crazy Taxi does not hold up well compared to the more recent racing games across various platforms. Because it's not a racing game. Mm-hmm. Um, a Crazy Taxi segment is featured in the Sega Carnival track in Sonic Riders, including a hidden shortcut allowing racers to receive a ride from Taxi Driver, taxi driver Axel, a Crazy Taxi Extreme Gear uh, can be unlocked as well. Uh, there's also a minigame based on Crazy Taxi in the iToy game, Sega Superstars, in which players move around and shout to call uh, one of the taxi drivers, BD Joe, who has appeared in most games of the series and appears as a playable character in the cross-series racing game, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. Sumo Digital's Steve S.O.L. Lysett had to get approval from Sega AM3 in order to use BD Joe in the game. He also appeared in the sequel, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Um, Then we also have the overview. So, though the series, the cities... uh, Sorry, through the series, the cities used within Crazy Taxi games have been influenced by real-world cities, including San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York City, and Las Vegas. Though, for the purpose of this game that we are covering... I believe it's just uh, San Francisco and L.A. Uh, certain versions of Crazy Taxi game include in-game counterparts to real-world businesses, including Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Vila, and Tower Records. Uh, these were often destination targets for the passengers. Although this is one of the most prominent examples of product placement in video gaming history, it is generally looked upon relatively favorably amongst gamers, perhaps because it gives a sense of realism to the fictional cities in the game. These establishments have been replaced with generic businesses and later games due to licensing difficulties. And lastly, about the soundtrack, the soundtrack of Crazy Taxi series uh, has been typic- has typically been licensed hard rock and punk music. The arcade and initial home console versions include selections from punk rock bands, The Offspring, and Bad Religion. Those, though these have been removed in uh, both the Game Boy Advance and PlayStation Portable remakes because of licensing issues. Um, also... Though it doesn't say it, uh, the music is also not in the Xbox 360 version of the game, nor is it in the PS3 release, because I think it came out on PS3. Um, and also the music's different on PC. Let's see. Lastly, in the case of the Game Boy Advance Catch a Ride, the game uses the instrumental music instead of recorded songs. I would imagine that was the only technically way possible to put music on the Game Boy uh, Advance. <laughs> yeah, though I think it'd be really funny to have like a uh, like chip tuned version of like All I Want 
from the offspring or something or totally. like 10 in 2010 from that religion. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, just the idea of, of having a full music soundtrack and then with game audio injected into a mono speaker sounds just like chaos. <laughs> but anyway, uh, um, one thing I want to call out that came up from uh, one of the videos that I shared with you and that I keep seeing, like I kept seeing it reinforced in different videos that I was trying to watch to learn more about the history of crazy taxi because I feel like I was having a hard time finding information about specifically just the first release, like arcade and Dreamcast version of, of Crazy Taxi. Um, but one story that a lot of, that pretty much every source kept recounting, which since I couldn't find it anywhere else, I don't know if this is valid, but still I'm going to throw it out there. Um, the person who originally thought of the idea for Crazy Taxi was in Japan, in the back of a taxi cab, stuck in traffic and was in an awful traffic jam sitting still, whereas looking to the other side of the road for oncoming traffic, noticed there's like nobody there. Nobody's coming the other way. So had this like fantasy as I'm sure every human in a car who's stuck in traffic does with how awesome would it be to just disregard all laws and go into that lane of oncoming traffic and get me where I need to go as fast as possible. So that was the, the general concept that birthed the idea of uh, Crazy Taxi. Yeah, that was a yeah, good insight on the development there. Um, there uh, I, I can't say that I actually played this game in the arcade. Um, like, I, I don't have a specific memory, but I... I when I used to go to an arcade back in the late nineties and early two thousands, you know, very occasionally I would usually gravitate towards the driving games. There's something about driving, you know, I was fascinated uh, yeah. by driving when I oh, was me too. a kid. So I, I always wanted to, you know, so we, I think we were talking about cruising earlier playing yeah, cruising. cruising USA. Yeah. That was one of my favorites to go to, but, um, uh, there was also one, I can't, it's kind of off topic, but there's one that was like, you drive a Jeep in this like Savannah and you're like catching, lassoing animals. Like, like, I don't know that game. Zebras. And yeah, it, it, it was, it's a crazy game. It's almost like fishing and driving put together because like once you <laughs> lasso, you have to like reel them in. Anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, but I, I can't remember specifically. Uh, this is definitely my first time playing the Dreamcast version because I've never owned a Dreamcast or even played one, actually. So, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, okay. I never knew anyone that had a Dreamcast. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Okay. I have some, played some clones. Uh, for example, like uh, Simpsons Road Rage. I did rent yeah. that on the GameCube. Um, and then... Uh, I also was thinking, I'm like, I swear there's another game that I've played this like Crazy Taxi. And it was the mini game in Grand Theft Auto, like Grand Theft Auto 3 and, and oh, Future Series. Yeah. You can be a taxi driver. I'm like, yeah. this is essentially Crazy Taxi, you know, in a way, but uh, it's not the same. Except but, when you ride up on the sidewalk, you murder people instead of them jumping out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I really love, I, I just remembered this now. I really love the detail of the game too, just because like, when you take too long, like your passenger just decides to jump out of the car, like just like belly flop jump, like, yep. <laughs> like I'm out of here. Like this is, you know, regardless of how fast you're going. And it's just, I thought it was so funny. And, 
you really sort of have to to listen to the game too, just because of all the sound bites. Yeah. It, it's crazy. There's um, there's so many little sound effects and like quips from people as like you're just driving past them or the things that they're saying when they're in the car. Um, yeah, lots of lots of little tidbits. It's kind of hilarious though. Like they cheer when you almost hit a car yeah. and then when you do hit a car they're like freaking out stomping their feet they're crazy like, yeah <laughs> so it's which both happen almost in rapid fire and so it's yeah. just very yeah whoa hey <laughs> <laughs> exactly and so it's it's really funny it's it, for the majority of time when i played this and i didn't put a lot of hours into this game probably two and a half hours total um or two hours but like it definitely took some time to try and get a, a, the hang of the mechanics of the game. And I'm not saying I'm an expert or anything like that, but I was doing a lot better. Um, yeah. In sort of my second, you know, second or third play with session. it. Session, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely like the LA map more. I have to say, like uh, compared to the San Francisco one, I think um, the LA one just seems a little more spread out, whereas the uh, San Francisco West Coast sort of, I guess, map is kind of, it just seems like it's kind of loopy and the, some of the corridors are sort of tight, but um, that's where the fun's at. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my thing on it. So um, yeah, so then uh, for for my specific history with the game, um, I definitely played it in the arcades. Um, I was still in love with going to the arcade around this time. And though I never was good at it in the arcade, because like I didn't I didn't know about the the crazy mechanics, like the crazy boost and the crazy drift and the crazy stop. Um so I mean I just I just thought it was rad with the the offspring and bad religion and just like so bright and colorful and fast and the announcer and like the people like you were talking about and just like, I don't know. It's just, it has, to me, it has so much charm and it's like that, like it's to me, I don't know. It's, it's just a really great game to be in an arcade and have the attract mode running um, it definitely worked on me. Um, I, I have only ever played the sit down cabinet version, but I've seen pictures of the stand up Naomi cabinet that has the, um, the steering wheel and the pedals and like, it has everything except for a seat. So you just have to be standing at the cabinet to do it. Um, which I mean, there outrun cabinets have been that way. And, um, a number of other like driving cabinets, um, for the arcades that didn't have quite the space to have a full sit down cabinet, but they still wanted, you know, a version of that game. Um, also this time around when I was playing it, um, you know, playing on my Dreamcast. Um, I mean, this was really one of the games that made me want to get a Dreamcast. Like I, I got a Dreamcast after it had already been announced that it was being discontinued. So I think probably like late 2001 or sometime in 2002 is when I got my Dreamcast. And one of the first games I got was Crazy Taxi. Um, but it was like, I, I never really played the game seriously, even up until like doing it for the show. I I always just kind of like, was like, hey, I, I really feel like I want a little like hit of fun. 
and like a really like high energy, great soundtrack and something, something to lift my spirits. Um, so I'd throw in crazy taxi and just do a few races and be like, or not races, but a few, like a few loops in arcade mode. And then I'm like, okay, now what other Dreamcast game am I going to play? It was always kind of like my warm up game to kind of get into playing other stuff. So I never dedicated a solid amount of time. So this time around playing it for the show, when I sat down for like an hour, like straight or two hours and just playing arcade mode over and over and over, we've got to the point where now like I'm consistently getting an S-Class license, which I also only just learned recently that there is a crazy license um, that I have yet to obtain. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my general general history with the game and a little bit of what I experienced right now. But um, I know the the soundtrack has been brought up a few times. Um, I know it's only like maybe 10 songs, but what, what do you think of it coming into this kind of new? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I liked the offspring during this time. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, I definitely, it, it, it worked for me. And when I was um, playing a little bit today, I was kind of like, um, yeah, I was having fun. I was sort of, sort of memorized by the lights and the action and the music. And it was just like, it's yeah. almost like sensory overload, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> so, um, but it's, you know, it's most of the time I'm driving poorly and hitting things, but when things go right, it it feels good. Um, although in a way I kind of wish I could play this with the steering wheel and a shifter, yeah. um, because I think some of these mechanics would just work better, uh, like the crazy boost and yeah. Um, but um, yeah, sorry, I, we were talking about the soundtrack. No worries, so, no worries. Um, you know, I I don't know if I've heard a lot of Bad Religion, so that was almost kind of like new for me. Oh, um, nice. so I thought that was kind of well. This game back in well '99 in the arcade is what got me into Bad Religion. Yeah. Um, you, like again, even though the the soundtrack's only like ten songs, and I've played this in the past couple of weeks for so many hours, I caught myself getting ready for work the other day, and I, I put on the Crazy Taxi soundtrack um, and listened to pretty much the whole thing as I was getting ready for my day, and it was yeah. just like even though I'd already listened to these same ten songs on a loop for so many hours, I still was just so like pumped to to listen to the soundtrack. And um, so I got my driver's license back in the year 2002, which is, like I said, around the time that I oh, like first bought this game. I burned a CD of all of the songs and it's still in my CD, like my CD binder that I have um, that I found a couple of years ago and I threw back in my car now. And I just have a disc labeled Crazy Taxi that is the soundtrack that I just would pop in every now and then. Um, especially when I was driving around with friends, but yeah, man, I, I love this soundtrack. <laughs> That's when you, it's good driving music right there. <laughs> it's, it's such good driving music, but it does make me want to drive fast. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, uh, my, uh, a uh, friend of mine, you know, though we didn't listen to heavy metal very much, we always kind of joked that if this is driving music, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, um, so for, for the drivers and cars, what, um, Gus's voice cracks me up so much. He's like, yeah, let's, let's have some fun. Like it's, it's, it's funny because his voice line, it's like, 
it's the same as the announcer, but it's just like, it's that type of voice that you were doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was funny. Um, I think the, the other one, the, the girl is Gina. Gina. Is that Gina. Yeah. And then so I, Axel and BD Joe. Yeah. Gina was my first pick. And then, uh, uh, I played as BD Joe and then I just played as Axel the first time today. So oh, BD um, Joe's my favorite. Yeah. BD Joe's, BD Joe's awesome. He's, he's always been my go-to, but, um, since I've been playing the game so much in the past couple of weeks, I did branch out and I was playing as uh, Gus and Gina quite a bit more for some reason. I don't know. Like I almost never pick Axel. Yeah. Same. Uh, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think Gina and Gus's voice actors, their voices are just a little bit low. I think Axel's the easiest to hear and understand. Um, but anyway. I just, I just uh, love picking BD and he's like, we gonna have some fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just, he definitely seems like a, a B character. Thank so. you, guard driver. Um. So we, we talked a little bit about, so we, you said there was a crazy boost yeah, and we've got a crazy drift and uh, which, you know, those, those kind of sound familiar, but a crazy stop also. Yeah. Crazy stop. Um, you just completely stop on a dime. Wow. I, uh, yeah. Cause I, just, I, and you're stopped. Like you could be, you could be flying and then do a crazy stop and you're just like dead in your tracks. How do you execute the crazy stop? Tell me these secrets. I think it's I think it's the opposite of doing a crazy boost. Oh, um, okay. Which I mean sounds obvious uh, to anyone listening, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the actual mechanics of it. I think you like I, I haven't perfected it. Like I'm not as good at doing that as I am with the crazy boost. But I think it's the like you're in drive. You shift back to reverse. You accelerate, but break it, I think, at the same time. Oh. And I think that's what stops you, like, really quickly. I think. Yeah. Actually, let me consult Let me consult the uh, user manual. Can, can you hear that, everybody? This is, the, this is the game case for Crazy Taxi for the Dreamcast. Hold on. Uh, yeah, because I, I, was, I was playing earlier, and I went to break, and I just held on the brakes, and I slid right through the stopping point. And it was, I had basically like three seconds left and I would have made it if I had stopped into the stopping point, but yeah, I, I did not. I slid right through and time expired and I was sad. <laughs> so let's see. Um, oh wait, is, it doesn't, it doesn't mention the crazy stop that I meant. Is that not a real thing? So it, for crazy maneuvering in the manual, it talks about the crazy dash, the crazy drift, the crazy back dash, and the crazy back drift. I wonder if the back dash is how you stop. <laughs> uh, to execute a hasty retreat with a speedy thrust in reverse. Oh. Shift quickly into reverse just, just after executing a crazy dash. Wow. So that uh, crazy dash, I guess, is what I'm calling the crazy boost and what I think I've seen other folks refer to as the crazy boost. Uh, I thought it was interesting. This game, uh, two things. Um, so the, the game natively supports widescreen. So I thought that was cool. Um, or at least it was on the version that I was playing. <laughs> it probably is supported and I just didn't realize. Yeah. Well, like, I just, I'm, I'm so used to it. Have uh, like always have been uh 
in four three. Oh, like force my aspect ratio of my TV to four three. It could have been because I, I, you know, I don't own this. I don't own a Dreamcast, so I was forced to play as an emulator, um, which I don't feel bad of as much because this game you cannot purchase this version of this game. You know, no, like you so it and the licensing issues, and you know, it's just a, it's kind of a bum deal. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. Yeah. The, okay. the Dreamcast is definitely the definitive version of this game if you're playing it at home. Yeah, so if there was a way to purchase this exact version, then uh, I would have gladly done that. But well, anyway, I mean, you can you can buy it secondhand and buy a Dreamcast secondhand. That's but. true. One day, perhaps. But day. Um, it uh, it it formatted. I was using my Nvidia Shield TV, and it formatted to widescreen. It actually looked pretty good. Played really fast. Um, so I thought that was cool. There was something else I was going with this, but I, I think I just, I thought that was, oh, the triggers, the triggers being gas and brake. That was not common for games of this era. Yeah, that's true. Definitely so, not. yeah, I mean, I, I think the first like huge mainstream game that I saw that kind of started that trend was uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. If I... Uh, Oh, that wouldn't come till 2006. That was 2008. Oh, seven, seven or eight. It was probably announced for release in 2006 and then delayed to oh, 2008. Definitely. But <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And now, one thing that I also think is cool about the game is like, not only do you have the arcade mode, but if you do just kind of want to like take it easy and play for a, a specific period of time you can choose to play for three minutes five minutes or ten minutes yeah um so you can just play a fixed amount of time and then there's also the the crazy box um which is the collection of mini games that like i think you just were talking about a little bit and i got through um, a lot of those levels yeah. i was surprised because the first time i tried to play them i couldn't pass like literally the second one um but i started you know just kind of you practice, you push a little bit, you learn a little bit more and your, your muscle memory starts to kick in. And then uh, I was able to get through a lot of them. So I think I could have cleared more, but I just, you know, didn't give it enough time. Um, but I think that I, I did all but like four or five. So you did, you did more of the crazy box things than I did. <laughs> um, Cause I just like, I, I don't know this time around. Um, I was able to find so many more like alternate paths and finding like a, a an efficient route really for the first time. Cause since I mentioned before that I would only like very casually play it a couple of times and then move on to something else. Uh-huh. Like it was the fact that I just sat down and dedicated time to it. Like I was able to start memorizing the path that I was going to take and go, okay, if I stop here, this person's going to the cable car thing. After the, if I stop on this side and get this person, then they go down to like um, the, the end of the cable car run. After that, there's another person right there that I think from there I can take them to might be the Fila store or it might be the Levi's store. I can't remember which. And then like, pick up the next person and like, Oh, that like that guy's going to go to KFC after KFC. I'm going to take the guy to the church after the guy at the church. I'm going to turn around a little bit and then go back to KFC, take this other person now, like back to the Levi store, go from the Levi store again, all the way to the rail station from the rail station to the baseball diamond, 
the baseball, like, you know, baseball to the police station <laughs> and so on and so forth. Um, and this, this time was the first time that I've ever played an arcade mode long enough to pretty much make a full loop all the way back on the arcade version where I was like coming up and I was like, wait a second, this is the street that you start on. Like, I can't believe I've come full circle. And then, and also when I was doing that, I ended up having to like go past the spot where you pick up the people in the very beginning area. And I think it was like two blocks further. And then I cut a hard right into a neighborhood that I didn't know existed in this game. And I have been playing this game technically, I guess, for 22 years now, now that it's 2021. Holy crap, that feels weird to say. So <laughs> um, so it's, it's just crazy to me that I've now found new, new places in the game. And also with some of those people that I picked up in some of the different areas that, like, that I never really had gone to much, finding new locations to drop people off at. Like I dropped somebody off at Popcorn Mania for the first time. Um, yeah, because anyway. all the NPCs are pretty much static and they respawn in their same spots, right? For the most so. part. I've noticed with picking up a specific set of passengers, there's one person that spawns or doesn't spawn at the baseball field or okay. the baseball stadium. Um yeah, there's one person that like normally I stop at a particular spot and she always goes to the police station like down the freeway. Mm-hmm. And after I started changing up my route, I noticed she wasn't there anymore. Maybe and there's also someone. there's a pregnant woman that you take to the hospital that is there or isn't there sometimes, I think based upon some of the earlier decisions that I made in my passengers. Yeah, I wonder if there's a little RNG at play or if it just, you know, um, depends how they load in or something. But yeah, I did pick up that lady today that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, pregnant woman. So yeah. And, and I also noticed uh, as I was playing through that it, it does make a lot of strategic sense to pick up some of the shorter trips for passengers. Like though it's obviously not going to be as lucrative, it, it does more for you positively. If you're able to take them that distance, really like that short distance very fast, then you can get an additional five seconds added to your time. Um, But on top of that, whatever time they gave you, to get to the location, you have that. And then you have those five bonus seconds. So I like, I worked it out where I would just try to pepper in like the, the, the longer trips after I would do a few short trips with people to build up that time, okay. then the long route and then maybe take another long one and then start picking up the short trips. Um, and in some of the cases, it was just like going back and forth down the same street to take those people. <laughs> um, but it really it really pads your time. So there, there's definitely more strategy to the game than I ever really realized uh, back way back when, when I played it in the arcade and when I first bought it. I mean, it, it really does feel crazy to me that I've had... <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Me, that I've had this game this long um, and that I'm just learning new things about it. Uh, when I feel like I've played the game a lot, but like it was always, it was always very casual. 
And we were talking earlier and I was a little frustrated with, you know, some of the, uh, like the guidance system, the arrow that you follow, just because I would get to an intersection and right past the point of no return where I don't know which direction I'm going, the arrow would turn the, it's like a Y intersection. And as soon as I make the left, it switches the other direction. I'm like, no. So, um, but you sort of playing the game and you know, going into that yeah, reward you system. Just kind of start, you, you just kind of start memorizing your ideal path. And then, yep. and then like after I memorized, like, okay, well, I know how this works. What if I pick up this other person? Where yep. does this take me? And what opportunities does that open for me? Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to me. Crazy. Again, I keep saying it. Um, that, really that I'm like learned so much new. Um, I lost my word uh, strategy in this old arcade game about being a taxi driver. <laughs> um, uh, it, it looks like though the crazy taxis uh, legacy might be uh, living on here in uh, a, a new game coming. Um, called taxi. Yeah. Yes. So I was, I was trying to look for at least on my search of looking for more information about uh, the crazy taxi games. I saw an advertisement for a game that's actually coming out. I think the 23rd of this month called taxi chaos. Oh, and so there was also a lawsuit with Sega and um, whoever owns the Simpsons. And I think also EA for publishing mm-hmm. Um, it's road rage, right? Road rage. Yeah. So yeah, apparently they infringed upon copyrights for crazy taxi. So it's interesting to hear about that happen. And then now there's a game that is, I've seen gameplay footage. It is literally crazy taxi. I don't know if it quite has the same charm, Uh um, but I know that I'm going to check it out since I've been playing crazy taxi lately. Um, But yeah, game called taxi chaos coming out and from what I also read, it does have the blessing of Sega. Yeah, that, that's what I'm reading as well. Yeah, like Sega's like, that's fine. Like, we've done, we've had Crazy Taxi for the last 22 years. I guess somebody else can make a game that is like the spiritual successor. Yeah, I really like what's going on here. I'm just watching the trailer. It looks like there's a lot of verticality, a lot of <clears throat> sort of yeah. jumping in the air and going through buildings and stuff. So, um, looks like fun. I, I yeah, so yeah. I, I definitely, I'm definitely going to be checking that out um, when that releases. Um, but I guess one last, one last thing about like some of the stuff in Crazy Taxi, the 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 real world locations, like the Levi's store, Pizza Hut, KFC, Vila, Tower Records, and there might be others that I'm forgetting right now. Um, it is funny that like. Most of the time, if there was that blatant of advertising in a game, I would not find it charming at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would I would think quite the opposite, and I'd be pretty irritated at it. But for some reason, I love it in Crazy Taxi. Like, I feel like it does add a, a feeling of immersion of like, hey, like, yeah, I'm going to go drop you off at Tower Records. What are you gonna? What are you gonna buy? <laughs> gonna get something cool? Um, and also, May Tower Records rest in peace. Except for in Japan, where they're still really awesome. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I think it's, I think it's cool to have that stuff in the game as, as like, you know, the, the history stuff we were reading previously kind of called out it, like it adds more to the world and makes it feel more like it's a real place that you're doing this um, while you're driving like a madman or woman <laughs> um, and, you know, running into cars, thankfully not hurting people somehow. <laughs> And I have I have never eaten at a Pizza Hut, so to me that's not our it's not a real place. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, so I I have not eaten at a Pizza Hut in I might have been in high school, um, but Pizza Hut man, they had a promotion with the Ninja Turtles. Ooh. I think I might even still have a free pizza coupon um, in one of my. Ninja Turtle game boxes. Um, either that or maybe I used it. I might have actually used it. <laughs> Desperate times. <laughs> but no, I mean, the fact that Pizza Hut had a Ninja Turtles promotion going on when I was a kid, it was like, hey, mom, let's go to Pizza Hut. <laughs> it's like, oh, this pizza's not that great, but the Ninja Turtles like it, so I like it. So marketing works, sucks. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, yeah, I maybe I don't know. One day it's it's hard because um, I don't like with with pizza. You know, it, I don't like spending. I don't enjoy spending. You know, thirty thirty five dollars on a large pizza by going to some of the more expensive places, but um, because it's pizza, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm a right. sucker for it. Anyway, we're getting a little off topic, but we are. <laughs> Or uh, do you have anything else on uh, on on Crazy Taxi? Um, I guess I got to get the obligatory. Hey, hey, hey! Come on over and have some fun with Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Very nice. Yep. I had to get that out. So yep. um, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's all I needed to say. That's uh, good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess we are ready to get back in the time machine and head back to uh, February the 11th, 2021. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's get in. And we have arrived back in the year 2021. Um, I'm really, really uh, missing, missing 2000 right now. Such an innocent time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all those new games for the Dreamcast, just shortly after nine nine ninety nine. What a day. Anyway, um, why don't we get into talking about the stuff that we've been playing? Um, and I guess I have a monster list. Yeah, yeah, but I, things are things are going to be different once I'm not living the bachelor life. I will be back down to a reasonable amount of games played in uh, in a two week period of time. <laughs> uh, but to, to rapid fire a couple of them out there, um, I did play some Dauntless. Which did I talk about that last time? I don't know if I had played Dauntless yet. I was probably like, I think I'm going to try this out. No, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think you did. Yeah, so um, the past the past couple Friday evenings, um, I've been getting online with an old friend of mine and a cousin of his, and um, 
it's been nice because he lives in a different part of the state a number of hours away. And uh, I don't know, we just kind of started reconnecting again recently. It's, and it's been really nice. So yeah, we played some Dauntless, um, also played some Call of Duty Warzone and we got really destroyed um, badly. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, I mean, I already mentioned that I've been playing the GoldenEye Remastered. Um, really, if anyone is a fan of GoldenEye and you have either an Xbox 360 dev kit, a modded Xbox 360, or a PC that is capable of running um, the Xbox 360 Xenia emulator, I would strongly recommend checking it out. Um, I, I, again, I know I said it before, but I just, I could not stop grinning playing this game. I was, I felt like a kid playing this again and I haven't been smacked in the face with that much nostalgia that hard in quite a while. And, and here we're doing a, a video game podcast about retro games. So, um, yeah, I, it just, it, I was overcome with happiness when I was playing it and, uh, I can't wait to do some more. It does the, it passes the nostalgia test too, right? Because the game looks as good as you remember, um, particularly in the enhanced graphics, maybe, maybe a yeah. little more so. It's, oh my God. It was so funny when I was playing in the enhanced graphics, I was like, I mean, this is what the game looked like. I accidentally found that I could see the old graphics. I was just starting to hit some of the buttons and I saw that it went back to the N64 textures and I was like, that's what it looked like. It, wait, oh my God. Like, so I feel like they did a great job with the remastered graphics um, because it really does feel like, oh yeah, it looked like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a shame that thing couldn't have come out because they would have made a gajillion dollars. They would have dollars. made so much money. Yeah, and over fist. I mean, could you imagine playing? You know, in the days of Halo Three and playing GoldenEye Remastered online with people. Dude, oh man, seriously. Oh my god. Like, I wonder how different my life would be. <laughs> <laughs> Had they actually released this, what would this timeline look like? I have some thoughts that I'm not going to go into. Never mind. Okay. Because social commentary things. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, I, let's see. Um, I'll also actually throw out with the same, with the same friends, uh, played a little bit of Rocket League. Um, so played, played with my buddy and his cousin. We did terribly. Um, and then actually I ended up playing Rocket League with a different friend of mine that you and I have played um, Overwatch with and had a really good time with him. And then also another old friend of mine um, where they were like, hey, you're, you're pretty okay at Rocket League. And it seems like you get, the, you get how to, or the mindset of playing as a better player. So they're like, hey, why don't you check out some of these uh these practice maps since I have the steam version and you can get some of the stuff from the workshop. So I was doing some like ball dribbling, like doing a ball dribbling map and also doing um, some like aerial maps and wall writing maps. Um, Just kind of get better at some of those skills. I don't know if it's really improved my game that much so far, Um, but it's nice to actually, I, I can definitely tell that my, my aerial control is a little bit better now. 
So yeah. Well, that's I, I. That reminds me, I got to try out those practice maps. That sounds like a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I got to show them to you. They're 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 definitely a lot of fun. Um. So I can't actually remember exactly when I played this, but I did fire up some Lonely Mountains Downhill on PC, which we talked about in our game of the year um, sort of yeah. stuff. Um. And it's because a friend of mine, uh, I had recommended, um, who actually, I believe, listened to the show. Um, he asked me, hey, what's your favorite bike? And I was like, oh, this is awkward. I actually haven't unlocked any other bikes. I haven't played that much of the game, you know, um, because yeah. I don't know, you have to unlock challenges and the challenges are hard. They take some doing. So I just, you know, I just fired up once in a while as an idle game. So I'm like, okay, I got to play some more of this. So I did do a few rounds when uh, I think a few weeks ago, uh, wasn't a, we were recently, um, trying to queue up to play something. And while I was waiting, I just kind of fired this thing up and did some, it's still fun, man. I, and I, I, yes. I did also play this recently. Actually. Oh, you did. So it's, it's not in my list. Cause I figured I just would chime in when you were talking about it, but yeah. Yeah. Based on, based on the recommendations you've given, I checked it out because it's on Game Pass and I had fun with it. Like I was doing pretty good for a little while and then I got towards, like, I think I got to like the last checkpointed section of the first thing and I just could not get one of the turns. I mean, I did eventually, but um, I was cracking up at some of the physics of you crashing your bike. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think it's really funny because the risk reward system that it's got going on, because like, yeah, you can bypass massive sections of the map um, almost all of them um, by taking shortcuts, but the, you know, the more ambitious, the shortcut, the more likely you're going to fall <laughs> and yes. not be able to land it. So, yeah. Um, and, and then they start um, sort of grading you on how many times you fall. You, you can only fall so many times and some of the challenges. So, oh, okay. like I said, they, it does take some doing. So your first kind of romp through you can really experiment and then they say okay now do it without falling more than 14 times and then also get below this amount of time and those are two different like skill points that you can get so gotcha um anyway that was that was fun i'm glad you played it that's super yeah cool. it was it was totally fun I'm, I'm definitely gonna do it again it was but it was also another thing where i was like i have a little bit of time to kill i'll check this out uh yeah. and i think it's great for that uh, I didn't have a lot to talk about here, um, but you know, feel free to chime in. But it uh, looks like we both played some Animal Crossing. Which... Yes, thank you for the refrigerator. <laughs> you got it. Is your finally I have a fridge <laughs> after yeah. all these months? I, I thought that was weird because I I had come across multiple refrigerators. I had a full size refrigerator and a mini fridge, but you had yeah. not had one. Yet, for some so. reason, I've not seen a single refrigerator on my Island until you sent me that one. So thank you again. It's funny. Sure. Now I'm probably going to see like all of them. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, uh, I, I, I definitely like logged in and not for very long, just kind of poked around and it's kind of fun to, you know, do some upkeep with the Island, but that's, uh, yeah. That's really it. Um, and then do you want to cover a couple of years and we'll reconvene yeah, shortly? Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I also played some Carmageddon Max Damage on the PC. Um, I am a, a big fan of the Carmageddon series of games, and this is their most recent release, which I think came out in like 2014 or 2016 or some sometime a few years ago. 
Um, but yeah, checking it out now. And it feels like, it feels like Carmageddon. It feels like old Carmageddon, but it has pretty graphics. Like it, it's kind of, it's almost like Carmageddon too, but like remastered. Uh, but I feel like it's a lot of the original Carmageddon levels as well. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's stupid fun. It's like, uh, for people who aren't familiar with it, it's, it's very much like destruction derby meets grand theft auto meets a racing game kind (laughs) of, um, and, oh, and kind of meets Mario Kart in a morbid way. Um, because there's different power-ups that you can run over and different items that you can get that will wreck your opponents. Um, and a lot of the ways to be successful in, um, in this game require you to just destroy your opponents. Um, whether it's, you know, completely smashing their car so that they can't drive it. Um, also the classic karma, um, cause Karma, they use as a shortened way to say Carmageddon. Um, so classic Karma, you can e- to win, you can either actually finish the race, <laughs> you can destroy all of your opponents, you also can kill every single pedestrian on the map. <laughs> so that is a valid victory condition, is you can run over every person. Um, and it's it's a it's bloody it's i don't know it's stupid fun i love it um i definitely recommend it you're not gonna get a deep racing simulator you're just gonna get a bunch of blood and guts and weird looking cars and stupid fun for some reason it reminds me of uh cyberpunk but like if it was made back in 2016 when it came out (laughs) for some reason Wait, uh, just, Carmageddon reminds you of Cyberpunk? Um, yeah. Carmageddon max damage. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Cyberpunk, I also played a little bit of that. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I finally loaded up my save again in Cyberpunk 2077, and I've played a couple of hours and, and still advancing through the story. Um, I'm thinking I might be halfway through the main storyline. Um, we'll see, though. But... Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm doing more of the main story stuff now as opposed to just running around and doing a lot of the little side quest things. Um, still leveling up my shotgun ability, running around treating this game like Doom, basically. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, did you, do you notice that the game might be moving in a more stable direction? Did you like this is oh, after probably? Oh, actually, patches? yeah. So... Um, so I was actually talking to uh, someone we both know who I know has already beat the game. And as I was like kind of telling him like where I'm at in the story and I was trying to get a feeling for, you know, how much more I have to go, I was like, oh, hey, and I think they released a performance patch or something because, well, I guess it could be one of two things or maybe a little bit of both. Um, there was a recent uh, GPU drivers update that I installed and... There was also an update. There, I think there have been a couple updates for the game since I played it last. And like a lot of the settings that I had to tone down so that it would be at a stable frame rate, I like I did the recommended uh, NVIDIA experience settings again, even though previously I had to turn them down. Now, 
this game is like rock solid frame rate. Um, it looks great on the settings that I'm playing them on. Um, I'm just getting so much more performance out of the game. Um, and I still haven't experienced, like, honestly, I have experienced a bug, like singular, wow. a bug in this game. And it was within the first five minutes of playing it. Um, you know what? Never mind. I've had two bugs. <laughs> um, yeah, the first one was a character just walked totally through a door without opening it or like opening it in like a, a sequence. And the second one was something happened in the middle of a mission that no matter how many rounds I unloaded into enemies, they would not take damage. Oh. So I was like, this is going to suck a lot if my save is bugged and I can't give damage to enemies anymore. And I quit the game and I came back in and everything was fine. So, okay. Um, yeah, so those are the two bugs that I've experienced in the PC version. Um, thankfully, it's running a lot better, um, you know, as far as frame rate goes. And um, I'm just happy that I haven't been experiencing a lot of the issues that uh, some of the folks playing on console have, which... Um, it's been a big bummer to hear about. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, let's see. Want me to uh, go on yeah. the next one too? Yeah. Well, since I've had my Dreamcast out, <laughs> um, I played some South Park Rally. Uh, it's a South Park racing game that is surprisingly better than I expected. Um, so I have not played this game before the other day. Um, but I do have a, um, do have my, my mode, which made it possible for me to check this out. And it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, I don't know if I would say run out and buy this game and buy a Dreamcast, um, or any of the other versions of this. Or, cause I, I think it's more on more than just the Dreamcast. I think it's on the N64 and maybe a couple other platforms. I think it's on PC. Um, it's, uh, but I guess you're trying and, to buy it. And N64 also. Oh, PlayStation N64. Cool. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely more fun than I expected it would be. Um, there are a ton of unlockable characters. <laughs> Um, so many unlockable characters, um, which I haven't unlocked yet, but I did just go through the, the championship mode. That's one of the first things that you select and was able to get like my first time playing this was able to get first place in every single one of the races. So it's not incredibly challenging. Um, but it was, it was kind of nice to play some South Park and actually have a little bit of fun and see some familiar characters and hear some of the funny sound bites and, um, I don't know. It was a, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. I've, I've heard of this game, but I've just, I, um, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I played it, but I've definitely saw that it was around. Oh yeah. I like, I remember seeing tons of advertisements for it. I remember seeing it at like my local, uh, rental stores. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just, and I was a huge South Park fan, at, like especially when this game came out. So I think it's kind of funny that I never even tried it. Yeah, it's um, it looks a lot better on the Dreamcast than the N sixty four. Oh, I bet it does. So, <laughs> no, it it like I was surprised. It looks really good on the Dreamcast. Yeah, 
Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, so I guess all the other ones are the same that you, for you and me, except for this other one. Should I just say that one too? That's, that's kind of <laughs> what I was thinking. But, all right. Yeah. Um, and so the last thing unique to me that I played um, was a game called Valheim. So it was released in early access on Steam recently, and it is a survival game. It's, uh, it's like Vikings. It's third person. And the graphics kind of look like somewhere in between the original PlayStation and like the Dreamcast or like PS2, where there's, there's a certain thing about the textures that if you see it, I think you would understand why I say it kind of looks like a PlayStation 1 game. Um, particular look to the textures in the game. Like texture filtering off. <laughs> yeah. And well, anyway, it's like, I'm, I'm not usually into survival co-op, whatever multiplayer games, but um, I was sitting at my computer the other night, some, some old friends on discord uh, had directly like mentioned to me in a comment where they're like, Hey, we're thinking about getting this game. Would you be interested in trying this out? Um, it's 20 bucks on steam. So um, I picked it up. We started playing. I played longer than I thought I would that night. Um, and I've gone back into it uh, a couple times since then. And it, it's been a lot of fun to play with friends. Um, there's like boss fights that you can do. Um, I mean, it really honestly feels like Minecraft, in like survival mode and like in that way. But I don't think it's quite as deep as Minecraft. So it it felt a lot more accessible to me than though I've been, spoilers, playing Minecraft with you lately as well. Um, I didn't have to have somebody talking me through all of the different things to do in Valheim. Um, at least at the, at, at the base level of the game, it felt like pretty, pretty easy to get into. And I also really enjoyed the physics or do really enjoy the physics in the game. Um, Cause you chop down trees instead of, you know, like I know that I referenced Minecraft where you like punch a tree and it's still kind of hanging out there. Um, there's real physics in the game. So uh, my friend had built this little house and went up the hill and chopped down a tree and that massive tree fell over and started running down the hill and did damage to the house. Wow. And he killed himself with a falling tree. I killed myself multiple times with a falling tree. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's fun. It's, to, me, it, it, to me, it feels unique because I haven't been playing all of the early access survival games that exist. Because um, I'm sure there's a lot of them now. Yeah, well, it, it definitely looks interesting. And I, I had a friend of mine um, send me a text and ask if uh, I wanted to play. So I might be playing in the near future just well, to check it out. If you want to, let me know. I'd yeah. love to, to try that out with you as well. And, you know, speaking of Minecraft, since we've, uh, we have a, a mutual benefactor who um, has yeah, set up a realm. Set up a realm. Um, and we've been having some fun with that. I, I, I kind of gravitate to Minecraft like crack. I just kind of play it a lot. And it's, uh, 
you know, it, and, and it's not, I'm not always necessarily having fun like the whole time, but it's kind of like work. I'm trying to, you, you know, you got to work for the fun. You got to, you know, take on some projects, build some, you know, you got to have some vision. It, I'm not a very creative person either. Um, so that's, that's my problem with Minecraft is I, would, I never feel like I know what I should do. Yeah. And you know, honestly, the only reason I feel like I do is just because I've done like the research and I've read the uh, Minecraft, you know, Gamepedia page and just looked at different things. Like I'll see something like a, a campfire. A campfire is a, a new thing in Minecraft, which has the benefit. Oh, that's um, new? It, yeah, it's, it, you, can, you can make this campfire um, where you can cook food around it. And uh, you don't actually need any fuel. That's sort of the benefit. But the downside oh. is it is a fully manual process because a um, a furnace can be automated. You can put chests with this thing called a hopper that automatically feeds it with stuff as you put that you put in the chest. Um, but uh, a campfire cannot. You have to sort of place your food and pick it up. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's. Uh, it just, I was like, what's a campfire do? And I've learned all this stuff because I just read the, the Gamepedia page. So hmm. um, anyway, uh, I envision I'll be playing more in the near future. And then uh, at some point, I'll probably totally burn out and uh, play something else. But what, what was your experience with the Minecraft in 2021? Um. I definitely had a lot of fun when we were playing last night because um, in the realm, the spawn point into the realm is so far from where camp has been set up. Yeah. So it was it was so funny last night when, because uh, what, you you went and got our friend to bring him and I like I had just gotten into the game and I was still doing some stuff around my, you know, trying to trying to mine and get more materials to like build up my house a little bit. So it just wasn't a little shack. Um, so you went through the, the ordeal of originally bringing him along and bringing him to uh, where our encampment is. And it was so funny to me that like, once he finished building his house after his bed was in your house. And then he was like, cool, I'm going to take my bed over to my house did he put it down yet or did he, he, he put the bed down? He just didn't sleep in it. Ah, uh, okay. So he hadn't slept in it. And then shortly thereafter got blown up by a creeper. So he went back to that spawn point that was like forever away from us. Like, I think it, it it's, if, if you navigate well and do a pretty straight path, it's still what, at least 10 minutes to get there. Yeah. It's a 10, 10 to 15 minute trek. Yeah, so by, it, by it's boat. <laughs> at least 10 minutes one way in a boat to go get him. Yeah. So, yeah, and we started off going in the wrong direction and had to turn around and go back. And then and then I just went and you stayed behind. Yeah, I and got I, lost. <laughs> I got there. Like, I got there pretty quick. But then he was still moving around. I was like, hey, what's your coordinates? He would tell me that I'm making it there. And I was like, what are your coordinates again? And then he'd have different coordinates. And I'm like, wait, no, don't move. <laughs> like, <laughs> you stay there or I'll stay here. One of us needs to be a fixed point for the other one to come to right now because we're getting too turned around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when we finally found each other, um, I had a boat for him. I gave him the boat. 
And then he was trying to follow me, but then I was going back a different way and trying to take rivers that ended up like dead ending into different pieces of land. And then it was night and then we're running across the land. He's got nothing. I barely have anything to defend both of us. Um, It just, the thing that was the most fun to me was that whole trip and that whole excursion of like, crap, we need to survive. Like we need to navigate our way to open water. Cause if we can get to open water, I know I can get us back. Um, so yeah, it took like, and I think by the time that that all happened, I was already to, like, I was already tired and ready to get offline. And then that added almost another hour <laughs> yeah. to go on this, this retrieval mission to bring him back. But, uh, Man, I still had a lot of fun. It was still still a great time doing that. Yeah, it was it was quite the epic quest, you know. And, and I, I think all of us died at least once, you know. I think maybe maybe you didn't. Die. I didn't die. You didn't die. So, I didn't die. <laughs> yeah, because my you know original plan of bringing that person to the spawn point, we were literally within rock throwing distance, and I got blown up. And went all the way back to spawn. So I, d- I definitely had to do that trip a couple times. Um, yeah. So crazy. Um, but uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm having fun with it. Still, yeah, you know, too. learning some of my old recipes and and uh, you know, also just every time I'm down in the mine, just like looking at the rock, just digging it, chipping away. I'm like, man, here I am again, just mining away. Because the the name is actually very descriptive with how gameplay, you know, goes, you mine. Oh yeah. You mine and you craft. Then you craft. Perfect. And then you go back to mining and then you craft some more. So yeah. it's, uh, it's kind of the perfect title. Um, so anyway, that's really all there is on Minecraft. Look forward to updates in the future. And then uh, we also played something uh, together, Deep Rock Galactic again. Yeah. Um, without the update. So Maybe we can report more on that once we've played the update. Unless yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in the new like biome that they've added and like the thorns and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's still a pleasure. We just noticed that the music was great as we discussed earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't, but I don't think anything new really happened when we played. Or no, no, um, nope. But it was still a good time. Totally. Is there anything else uh, you want to talk about? Uh, the last we... thing. Well, we didn't we didn't mention this, but Among Us. Um, yes, we played it again because we've been playing it every other week with the same group of folks, um, and that's been a good time. And oh man, I actually did well as the uh, as the imposter for once. Even though I didn't win, I got close. I think yeah, it's I... the closest I've ever been. Um, I'm getting better at lying to people. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was definitely a good time. I I've been really enjoying playing that game. Yeah, I you know I the only thing I have to say is what's up with that airplane map? Where is it? Um, yeah, like that was that was in the news of one of our like episodes, like probably close to four or five episodes ago. Um. Or whenever, you know, whenever it came out on the Switch, it was like, hey, there's the new airplane map that's on the Switch. Yeah, though I think I heard that they're like, oh, crap, that wasn't supposed to be there and patched it out. Yeah, or um, I think it just came out on Xbox also. So that's kind of a a thing, though. I wonder how that's going to go because um, 
you know, the Switch was the first controller game, but it had some gyro controls. Uh, the Xbox doesn't have that. So I wonder how... I mean, I guess the gyro controls were optional on the Switch now that I think about it. Yeah, so. I don't think I don't think I use the gyro for the Switch version, but I, I have enjoyed the hybrid touchscreen and using controller uh, inputs as well. I see. Um, and one of the reasons my list is so short here um, is that I've been playing something that I've been holding out on um, and playing a lot of it uh, is uh, sort of our next game for our next episode. So um, is there anything else before I announce that? No, I'm good. All right. So the next episode is going to be Pikmin for the Nintendo GameCube. Um, and I had a lot of fun playing this game, but I'm not going to spoil anything now. We're going to talk about it next time. That's right. We're going to have a full episode of Pikmin. Um, you know, we'll be playing, you know, on the Wii. Uh, so, you know, sort of some enhanced controls, but more or less the same version. So yep. um, do you, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm excited. I really want to hear what you think of the game too. Um, yeah, I was I, pleasantly I, surprised. I've only just, uh, I've only played through the first level so far, um, but I enjoyed it. Like I, I've played a little bit of Pikmin 3 on the Wii U. Um, so so far, the basic me- the basic mechanics of the game I already understand, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting through the game because this is like this is a game that I've always heard fantastic things about, um, but I've never taken the time to play. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Can't wait to to get all the way through Pikmin. Um, so with that, uh, do you want to take us away on our? Sure. Let's get the heck out of here. Um, so, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we know that there's a lot of... Post- uh, okay. We know that there are a lot of podcast options out there, and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It uh, really does mean a lot. Uh, you can also check out our website at retrogametimemachine.com. The www doesn't matter anymore, everybody. I finally fixed it. <laughs> I finally know how to internet properly. Um, so yeah, retrogametimemachine.com. Um, it'll give you more, you know, detailed information, I guess, about some of the, the episodes. Actually, we pretty much put the same content everywhere. But, um, you know, there's also links to our YouTube and uh, links to uh, our Twitch channels where we very infrequently uh, um, both stream and that's right i still gotta stream some more of uh, half-life alex i gotta start up part four with my gnome playthrough um so look forward to that but also hey if you're not subscribed to this podcast already you can do so on anchor on spotify on overcast breaker google podcasts apple podcasts and uh, radio public so please come and join us next time where we talk about pikmin for the nintendo gamecube bye for now See you.